Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 241 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Amy Jo Holcomb. Amy Jo lives in Fulton, Mississippi, where she is a high school teacher an adjunct college instructor, and she also owns a small business with her husband. We were laughing before the show because that sounds a lot like when I was my teaching days, I did like 42 things at a time because we, we like to stay busy, right, Amy Jo? Yeah. Yeah. We're our master multitaskers. That's true. And in the summer, you know, you're on summer break. We're recording this in, in the end of June. And so you're spending a lot of time working in your small business just because we got to stay busy. Yeah. I get it. Well, you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? 
I always give credit to my friends Candy and Sandy, and it's you know, Candy and Sandy. Candy I love Sandy. it. That if that's not the South, I don't know what is. Yeah. It would only be better if they were twins. Yeah, Candy, Candy and Sandy. Sandy. Well, they I think they graduated together actually from Itawamba High School where I teach. But they're my, they're my work friends. You know, we have your work besties, right? They were doing a program. They didn't call it intermittent fasting. I don't even know if they knew it was intermittent fasting. It was a program that our state insurance sponsors. And I don't know if they do it anymore. But basically what it entailed was 16 hours with no food and then an eight-hour time to eat. But in the 16 hours, you could have any non-caloric beverages. Ah. Yeah. Okay. So it was, it was almost. <laughs> it was almost. It was yeah. almost. And so I was kind of curious about it because I'm like everybody else, Jen. I've done it all. Mm-hmm. Weight Watchers, taken the pills, drank the shakes, low carb, everything. And so it was this new thing they were doing. And I, you know, we get emails from our state department from from Blue Cross about you know all these new programs they're offering. And Candy and Sandy were doing it and were having some success. And, you know, I was just talking to him about it one day and I joined the program and I remember very vividly. And I think this is kind of what struck me about it. My initial interest, I walked in the cafeteria. Well, I walked in the lunchroom from the cafeteria and Candy was eating a big old cheeseburger and French fries. And I said, what are you doing? You can't eat that if you're on a diet. And she said, "Uh uh-uh. I'm not on a diet. I can have whatever I want in my eight hour time to eat. And so I was like, hmm, hmm. maybe I ought to try that. So that's that's how I started. Okay. Can I just say though, I love, even though the information wasn't perfect from the program, I love that your state health plan program had intermittent fasting, even though it may not have called it that. I mean, yeah. that's really exciting. And I, I'm, I think they still do. I, yeah. I jumped off that ship whenever I found you in the Facebook group and, and clean fasting, because that was not a thing that was talked about. That was in the fall of 2019. And I just said, okay, the day we come back to work from Christmas break, I'm going to start this with y'all. I'm not going to do it now through the holidays. And so on January the 6th of 2020, before everything in the world changed, I started that day. And that picture of me, Rush, my husband, he hates when I post it. I've posted it in my Facebook group. I posted it in your group. It looks like a mugshot. That is the only true before picture that I have of myself on the night of the day that I started on January 6th of 2020. Wow. And I started dirty fasting with about a 15 or 16 hour window. Okay. Or fast. Okay. You fasted for about 15 or 16 hours. 15 or 16 hours. My goal was to stop by 7 p.m. and to start by just skipping breakfast because breakfast is something I never had to have, but we have always made breakfast in my home because my son loves breakfast. And a lot of times it was the only meal he would eat all day. So I always cooked a big breakfast and I always had breakfast, but it was just because everybody else was. And so I just started by skipping breakfast and I would start at break at 10 a.m. and I would go till about 7 p.m. And before I found my life app, which I still use and love, I had an alarm set on my phone that said, stop eating. (laughs) <laughs> Stop eating. Because the hardest part for me was the late night 
snacking. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was the hardest thing. You know, I started where most people do and where I tell most people to start is just start by trying to skip breakfast, you know, because most people find that's the easiest thing to do. And that's what I did. And then before long, I realized, okay, well, I could back it up to six, especially in the fall when it gets dark early. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're right. Because it's like, and then you can go to bed because it's dark. And I can go to bed. (laughs) So then the next thing that happened is I realized one day at break that I was not breaking my fast at 10 a.m. because I was hungry. I was doing it for the the camaraderie of all of it, you know, we're little hens sitting around clucking at the table. Uh-huh. Oh, and, look, I remember those days. So y'all, yeah. you had like a, a collaborative break. Was it like with your department? Yes. yes. Yeah. And, you know, if we don't have it with the people we want to have it with, we, we have the kind of relationship with our principal where we can be like, hey, look, I've only got like maybe 12 kids that period. Can I, can I go to break with Angie and Candy and Sandy, you know, but yeah, for the most part. You can ruin your life if you don't have the same lunch as your friends. Like I remember those days, even when I wasn't eating lunch at school anymore, like I had been a third grade teacher and I was, my room was right by the third grade and they were my friends and I wanted to have lunch with them. Even if I wasn't eating, I wanted to go in there and visit with them. But when my lunch was not aligned with theirs, I was like, no. No, it's so it's sad. That's the first thing we do on the first day. Yeah. Of professional development we come back. We all flip to the break and lunch schedule and like highlight, okay, I'm this is good. <laughs> I break with the right people. I have lunch with the right people. Love it. But yeah, I just I realized as I was eating my peanut butter and crackers, I'm not even hungry. So then I got to 12 o'clock. And by that point, did you realize it was called intermittent fasting or you were still just going on that program? No, I was, I was still in the program. I realized that what I was doing was fasting. I mean, I'm a, I'm a born again Christian. I, I know what fasting is. So I knew that's what I was doing, but I didn't realize that it was not a complete fast. Now, and I'm not a big Coke drinker. My, my jug o water right here is with me all the time. I've always loved water. So it wasn't Diet Cokes or, you know, I I might have some, I might have a little Diet Coke. I might have a swig of juice or something like that. But I didn't realize it was intermittent fasting. I knew I was just not eating. Okay. And so when I switched to 12 to 6, it was somewhere around that time that I stumbled upon your Facebook group. And I stumbled upon a few others, too, that were not clean, fast, friendly. Yeah. <laughs> and the, I mean, the rest is kind of history. I mean, I, I answered the questions. This may be a dirty little secret. I Look, I, I can't wait to hear it because we were all the moderators and the admin. So tell me what you did. I, I can't wait. the questions that, yes, I had read Delay, Don't Deny, and I hadn't read it yet. But I was so thirsty <laughs> for knowledge. I, I was. So you lied your way into the advanced group. I did. Well, no, like? not to the advanced group. This okay. was the first. This okay. You just had to group. agree that you would read it. That, that was I it. would, yes. So you didn't yes, lie. You just had you had to agree that you would read it. And yeah. we added that because it stopped people from wandering in who didn't know we had a philosophy. 
Yeah. Because before that, people would just wander in. And they're like, well, I just do whatever I want to do and it works for me. We're like, that's yeah. not what we do. Mm-hmm. That does not work for us. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we said at least if they claimed they would read it, then later down the road when they didn't, we could say, you said you would. So you how about you go ahead and do that? Yeah. 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 So I didn't. I, I got in. But like I said, I was just so thirsty for knowledge because, and I you've you've seen me say this, and I say it all the time. I, within two weeks, that's all it took for me really to feel so different. From just but, from the day you started on January just from, 6th? Just from the day I started. Yeah. Because the dirty fasting for me didn't last very long because like I said, I, I'm just, a, I'm a water drinker anyway. Maybe occasionally some cream in my coffee, you know, but I'm not a big coffee drinker either. Oh, so, so you didn't I, have a lot of bad habits that you had. It was not. very easy for you to just say, oh, no more cream, no more juice, no more. Yeah. Super yeah, easy. It was. Good. It was. I was very, very blessed in that regard so that, it, that it was kind of easy for me to to break out of that. I'm not somebody who just says, oh, I, I cannot do this because I can't drink my three cups of coffee with my three right. gallons of cream in it in the morning. Yeah. But I could just really tell a difference. And then I started outside the group just researching on my own about how fasting helps with inflammation and pain because that has been my why from the very beginning. Weight loss, of course. My weight loss story is... That is my biggest success that people can see. But what people can't see is how it changed me, how I feel because of the chronic pain that I was in from my hip injury. I had a torn labrum in my right hip that I had surgery on in December of 2016. And the surgery fixed the torn labrum, but it did not help the pain. Okay, It was nerve pain down my right leg. And and nerve pain is incredibly hard to right. fix. I did all the physical therapy stuff. But within two weeks, I don't even know what I weighed. I didn't weigh. I didn't have a starting weight. My, my weight that I have as reference was when I weighed in my orthopedist office to go get a steroid shot in November of 2019. And what was that weight? 272 pounds. 272 pounds. And I have no idea what I weighed the day I started intermittent fasting because I did not own scales. I have never owned scales really until this point because I'm like most obese people. I just didn't want to know. I, yeah, that was me all those those years. And I also had been reading all that intuitive eating stuff that was like, just don't weigh, just don't even know, just live intuitively. You'll get to whatever weight's right for you and you'll be happy. So I was like, all right, that's what I'll do. And Unfortunately, I just kept gaining weight and gaining weight, and I wasn't happy. So when I pulled that scale out and it said 210, it was a shock for me. Yeah. Although I really wasn't surprised, I really didn't want to know, like you said. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium, and specifically, Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency, and in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress 
vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. 300 is my top recorded weight. And I probably just looking at myself in pictures, I'm sure I I got above that at some point because that weight was at my OBGYN. And, you know, you know that appointment's coming up. So you want to try and get a little bit of weight off before you go in. And he's like, you know, you might. He is my OBGYN is, is really the only doctor I've ever had who has ever talked to me about health and wellness and weight. And so, you know, I'd want to try and get a few pounds off before I would go. And I, I don't even remember the, the year. I think it was around 2010 was 300. And that is that is on my permanent record. So that's yeah. my reference for my highest weight ever. But I lost in about 2012, from 2011 to 2012, I lost 50 pounds doing low carb, but not sustainable for me at all. Yeah. Basically, another story of the holidays came and I'm going to try a little bit of this and then I'll get back on the wagon and it never happens. So 272 was my my reference weight and I did not weigh. I think the first recorded weight I put in my phone because I have a note section on my phone was it was like the last week of January, the 25th or something. And I had lost seven pounds, I think, from 272. Okay. And I, what I did, I just, I still didn't have scales. I would weigh in the nurse's office on Monday mornings every week. And that was how I knew then that the weight was coming off. And it came off really fast. I mean, somebody as big as I am who was eating literally from 7 a.m. to probably 10 p.m. at night, seven or eight times a day, it started coming off really, really fast. And of course, a lot of it, like we say, it's water, it's inflammation and all that. But it came to a point with me mentally where I thought, okay, the weight's coming off. That was kind of an aside, but I am not eating ibuprofen all day. I was on really strong drugs for nerve pain, muscle relaxers. I mean, I was even taking narcotics as needed, you know, that would put me out of commission for 48 hours. And I I can remember laying on my stomach seemed to help. And I can remember one night just lying on the bed on my stomach, having taken 
Neurontin and probably half of a Percocet and just lying there crying like this pain was excruciating and I was doing all I could just to go to work every day. I was considering disability. I was considering weight loss surgery. That was the big consideration that I was faced with really was I knew getting the weight off would help and I knew it would help the inflammation. So intermittent fasting, once I figured out what it was and that's what I was doing, once I felt it, that has become and it will always be my why. The weight loss really is just a side effect of that because I looked in my medicine cabinet just a couple of days ago. I have not refilled my gabapentin since December of, I think I refilled it the end of last year. The bottle is still almost full. I still do have to take ibuprofen about once a day just to help, you know, that creakiness first thing in the morning to get me through. You know, I'll take one in the afternoon or at night before I go to bed just to help me rest a little better because I do still have issues. I do still have issues with that hip that I'll probably always have because it wasn't just from the torn labrum. It was from carrying around Because my labrum had been torn a long time, he said. There's no telling how long. But all this other pain probably masked it. So, and yes, you get the weight off. It does help with your joints and all that. But the the inflammation, I mean, I had not really lost any weight in two weeks other than just some water and inflammation. But I I was not struggling to get through the day anymore. And so I just knew I have to do this. I can do this because I was not... I I was not denying. I truly was delaying. I'm one of those people that I didn't change anything about what I ate, just when. Yeah. That that was totally me for so much of the the journey until my body started asking for different things. Yes. That was, you know, but it wasn't, for the first time in my life, I wasn't eating to lose weight, like choosing things that the diet plan said to eat. Instead, I was choosing things that made me feel better. Yeah. Because my body wanted those things. And it happened for me, I think probably like most people, just naturally. Right. It is miraculous to me. It's the wisdom of the body. You know, I learned that term in my health coaching class that I did last summer. The body is wise, but we don't ever allow it to, we don't ever allow it a voice when we are shoving processed crap in it all day. And so it knows what you need. And so, you know, like, I still don't deny anything that I want, but what I tell people is what I want has changed. Yep. And I think there's many things that cause us to lose touch with that inner voice of ours. Calorie counting is one because we either eat more or less to meet the calorie target, right? You might eat more than you need to because you think you need to, or you might eat less than you want because you're told to. And so you're totally not listening to your body. And the ultra-processed foods that you mentioned totally keep us from hearing what our bodies want. And also following someone else's prescriptive dietary approach. That might be the wrong one for your body. Maybe today you need less protein because of autophagy has been breaking some stuff down in your body. And now you hear this expert who says you must have X, Y, Z amount of protein. So you're shoving it in just to meet an artificial number when your body just broke down some, your body would rather break down that excess skin and use that, which it can do. Which it can do. (laughs) Right. Which it has done. I mean, I've, I'm never going to look like I say this too. I'm never going to look like I could have had I taken the weight off. 
10 or 15 years ago. I mean, I, I'm about to be I'll, in a month and a day, I'll be 46 years old. So, you know, my skin ain't what it used to be. Yeah. I, you know, I've got some flab and stretch marks and, you know, so, and whatever. And I don't even care about any of that anymore. But I think had I lost this weight any other way, I would look differently than I, I do so. now. Yeah, you're probably I mean, right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm always going to have a little skin, but that's what happens when you walk around in a 300 pound body for so long. You know, I've got varicose veins and I've got, but you know, I, I was telling somebody in our circle community, Wendy, Wendy, uh, Wendy Hinkle. Gosh, I can't remember her last name. I know. Cute I can't thing. say it. I'm not sure how to say it. She's yeah. adorable. Yeah. With her cute little hair side of her hair and everything, you know, she's wearing her dress and I'm like, yep. I'm wearing my shorts and I'm Me wearing too. my, I'm wearing my shorts, yep. you know, veins, saggy skin and all, you know, I'm, what my body has been able to do is a miracle to me. It is a miracle to me because I, I feel so much younger inside and I, I, I feel like I look younger too, but I feel more light and more bright and, you know, more positive and I have more energy and, and willpower to do things, you know. So, yeah, it is a total inside to out change for me because what what people cannot see, and I take a lot of pictures for myself more than anything. I take a lot of pictures that what people can't see is where the biggest change in, in me has occurred. And everybody that's around me, they know it, but I can feel it. Yeah. And, and it's, it's your whole demeanor has changed as well. Like the way you probably the way you, you feel in the world and your spirit. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, my spirit was dead. I mean, it was just dead. You can see that in my pictures and there aren't many before pictures of me, but you know, it's other people might've taken them and caught me off guard or I was, you know, sucking in or trying to stand half behind somebody and, you know, in a, in a pose picture, but yeah, it was, it was a facade, then I have no reason not to be happy with my life. I mean, I have, my parents are wonderful. My husband is wonderful. My son is wonderful. I love my job and who I work with and where I work and where I live and my church and my church family. But, you know, besides just the misery of being obese and how you feel because of how you look, how I felt inside, you know, I was just, I really was debilitated. And I, I don't know, I think my husband is probably the only one that really, really realizes how bad off I was because I'm really good at putting on a face. Right. A lot of us are, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Really good at putting on a face. But I mean, people that don't see me for long periods of time, I I mean, I, I run into people all the time in the grocery store, you know, out of town and just a couple of weeks ago, it was a former student. I spoke and she didn't speak back because she didn't know who I was, you know. And I do think part of that is not just the physical transformation, but the emotional one too, you know. I'm a different person. Yeah. It feels good. It does. It feels good to feel good. I say that yeah. a lot too. <laughs> yeah. And feeling good is a powerful motivator. And that's why I know a lot of people struggle. I struggled for all those years from 2009 to 2014 with being consistent with intermittent fasting. I never let my body fully adjust. But now that I feel so good, I can't imagine ever stopping. So, you know, you're you're in the the Delight on Tonight community. It's a wonderful place. But we see every day there's someone who pops in and they'll be like, well, I quit for X number of months and now I'm coming back. Mm 
And I would just like to encourage everyone who's listening to stop stopping. Yeah. Because you're not going to feel better. You know, no. sometimes people chase a shiny object of another diet. That'll, that'll be something, you know, like their friend will be doing something. They like start chasing that one. You're not going to feel better. No, food is, is not the answer. And, and another diet is not the answer right. too, because it is a diet. Yeah. And this, this is not, this is just a way to live your life. You know, my love for Laurie Lewis. Yeah. I tell people like she could talk me into anything, not in a bad way. Like she's just, there's just something about her, this aura that she has. You know, and she's every, been on the podcast twice. I think yes. twice, maybe three times. But I think yeah, it's twice. I've, anybody. I've listened to her, both of hers. I listened to her, whichever episode is where she talks about, I guess it was her first one where she talks about her mother being there and her mother praying, praying for her. For her and, yeah. then, and then she finds intermittent fasting, you know. Intermittent fasting is was the answer. It is the answer to all of my prayers about my health and, and my weight loss. And I have always said, I feel like it was God's gift to me. It was divinely inspired and sent to me because this is not something I would have chosen. I would have never chosen to not eat for, you know, 18 hours a day and think that that was something that was good for me or that was doable. But when Laurie frames it and says, I am a person who eats in an eating window, People don't freak out about that. That's true. Know. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It just seems less, you know, scary yeah. than the yeah, word yeah. fasting. I mean, I didn't make up that it was called fasting, so <laughs> nobody blame me, but that's just what the, the world has is. named it. But yeah. just framing it differently can really, really help people understand it. So how much weight have you lost? Let's talk about your journey and your plateauing and your, oh, your experimenting. Because no. <laughs> I know, because I've, I've, I've actually met you in person with, yes. with Lori when um, we were in Arkansas and was it March? March the twenty? No, March the I don't March the fifteenth or March or something. But, I call it a shindig. It was a, it shindig. Was a shindig in, yeah, in Arkansas. Shindig. It was so much fun. So I met you in person there for the first time. But and you're in my community, so I know a lot about your story. Yeah. But let's talk about first of all how much weight you've lost overall. Ninety two pounds. That's amazing. Yeah. Ninety two pounds. Ninety two pounds. Ninety two pounds. I had just had my most recent low, all-time low, was not this past Friday, but the Friday before, before I went to the beach for my 25th anniversary. So the scale is up a little bit. Right. But, you know, I'm not freaking out about it. So that's good. That all-time low of 180, okay, is that, that's my all-time low with intermittent fasting. And I haven't been 180 since high school, college, probably, but... I actually weigh a little bit more than I did in high school, but I'm actually smaller. smaller. Yeah. Thanks to body recomposition, yeah. Yeah. retaining yeah. the muscle mass and losing yeah. the fat. You've at, you're actually 120 down from your all-time high, yes. but not yes. with intermittent fasting. That's right. From my all-time high. That is astonishing. Yeah, it is. It really is. But that all-time low of 180, it has taken me since... Basically, October of last year, I was about 183, and I've yo-yoed up and down with that until I got back into my modified alternate day fasting routine. But my plateau has lasted a long time because, and you know this, but just for everybody else, I've had a cascade of health problems since I had COVID in December of 2020. We're finding that 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 is just. I mean, this is a new new disease in the world, right? And so we are finding that some people, their bodies, 
don't just bounce back from COVID. It affects your gut health for one thing, and metabolically it affects people. And so some people find they struggle with their weight after COVID in a way they didn't before. Well, that's me. I don't think it is just COVID, but what happened, I came back to work in January after having COVID late December, and I donated blood about two weeks after I came back to work. So it was about a month post-COVID. And everybody was at work was like, I don't know if you need to do that. I don't know if you need to do that. It's too soon. You've not completely recovered. And I did it because I wanted to know if I had the antibodies so I could donate plasma because I've never donated blood before. My veins aren't good. So I did. And within days, my system was shot. It was more than your body could handle. It was more than my body could handle. I went to my nurse practitioner who is smarter than a lot of doctors I know. She's a very good friend of mine. And she put me on, I can't remember, fast acting niacin or something. She said, I didn't want, I was having trouble with circulation. And she tried that before she put me on the medicine for Raynaud's phenomenon, which is what happens when you lose sensation and color in your extremities. And that's what was happening to me. And whatever that medicine did to me, I wound up in an ambulance because I had almost no blood pressure and my heart rate had just absolutely plummeted. I collapsed at home. So then came the diagnosis of Raynaud's. Then came the cardiology appointments because I, I was diagnosed with post-COVID syndrome. That's what the cardiologist called it. My heart rate was all over the place. I had to have iron infusions because my iron was shot. It also messed with my menstrual cycle and probably pushed me on through to early menopause. In October, I started having weird allergic reactions that also sent me back to the emergency room. And I was diagnosed with, it's called alpha-gal. It is an allergy to a sugar that is found in non-primate mammals. So I can only eat things that fly or swim. And I had had two really bad allergic reactions. One was to... I was eating beef bon me and the other was pork rinds. The pork rinds were, it was the one that sent me to the hospital because my throat started closing up. And I also was diagnosed with mast cell activation syndrome, which is really what causes the anaphylaxis. And kind of in a nutshell, there's no cure for either of these. And it is like a, an inflammatory disorder that causes the mast cells in your body, which are supposed to fight immune responses to go wacko to everything. So it's like your immune system's like hyperactivated. It is very, very hyperactive. That is exactly right. I had a small reaction in the pool last week. I was stung by a horsefly and I had oh. a, a reaction then. So yeah, um, insect bites, stress, different kinds of foods. And so that is really what has caused all of the, really the plateaus that I've had. Right. And I am, as I said, and as you know, modified alternate day fasting is my absolute favorite thing in the world. I started it last March. It got me through to Wonderland. I like the rhythm of it. I've done true AD, not true ADF as in literally every other day, but I have done lots of true longer fast, you know, 36, 42 hours, but modified just felt good to me. And in March of this year, 
I lamented when I, because I'm seeing an acupuncturist to help with the alpha gal and the mast cell. I wanted to try that before I went on a plethora of other medicines because I just don't want to take any more medicine, Jen. I did it for years. It has helped so far, but when I got retested end of March, I was still reacting and I had to come back from another appointment and do more things. And I was really upset about it. And the first place I went was to my circle. And so you really taught me off a ledge because I, I realized that right then my body was under a lot of stress and even the modified alternate day uh, fasting was a little too much stress for me. Let's let's take a minute to explain because I know that that lingo, the lingo of alternate daily fasting is really, really confusing for a lot of people. Alternate daily fasting is when you alternate down days and up days, right? Just think about it. It's, it's not hard, everybody. Down days and up days, and they are what they sound. And so you can do just complete alternate daily fasting, down, up, down, up, down, up, like that forever. Or you can do down, up, followed by some eating window days. The one rule is every down must be followed by an up. As long as you do that, because you, know, you got to have that refeed after the, after the down day. So the definition of a down day, there are two ways you could do it. The initial research on alternate daily fasting, the down days were 500 calorie days. So sometimes people think that that's not, you know, quote, true alternate daily fasting, but it's the original version was a 500 calorie day. Some people call it the modified fast day. I don't use that language. You've never heard me say modified, which is funny because everyone says it, but I didn't say it. I've never said it. But it's a down day with 500 calories. So your down day can be either you fast all day open your eating window, have a 500-calorie meal, close your eating window, have a second fast. That was your down day because 500 calories is not enough food for a day. That's a down day. Or you can do the full fast version where you just fast all the way through for 36 to 42 hours. So those are the two options. You have one small meal or you don't have anything at all. You're just fasting clean the whole time. So you fast clean, eat the small meal, fast clean again, or one longer clean fast. People sometimes will ask, they'll say, doesn't the food break the fast? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, yeah. it does. I never call it a fast. I call it a down day. If you're eating yeah. 500 calories, it, you did not have a 36-hour fast no. or right. a 42-hour fast. You had a very small window. You had a down day. So I just want to make sure everybody understands that. But one kind isn't better than the other. You know, you're not doing a lesser form because you choose to have the 500-calorie down day, it's what feels better for your body. Yeah. And I see people talk about that a lot in, in the delay, don't deny circle, you know, well, I had to cave and have the yeah, mini no. meal and I'm like, no, it's not, it's, it's really good. I mean, it's, you know, there's a lot of research to support that, that, that says it's really that it's better for fat loss, actually. And in and, and the comparison that um, Krista Verity did, she compared two groups, one who had the 500-calorie down day and one who had the full fast of a thir- about 36 hours. The people who had the down day meal or who had the 500-calorie down day actually lost slightly more weight. So, But then, that's not me telling you that's better either. No, right? no. It, the better one is the one that feels right to you. Some people can't stop at 500 calories. I have a hard time with that. Too. When I was doing it, I haven't done it since 2016. I had a hard time stopping at 500. The full fast is easier for my body. But that's why I pick it, not because I think the other one is not as good. Right. And I, I do a little bit of both. I've done it all. I mean, I really have people ask me, I have my own Facebook group. 
that I started just because, you know, I thought people are getting tired of me posting about, you know, posting about myself. So if you're interested, I've got this group and there's like, I don't know, 600 and something people in there. And so, you know, people will say, you know, what do you do? Well, it depends on the day, you know, like I've done it. I have done it all. And I'm back in my down day with the 500 calorie meal, the modified approach. I'm, I'm back down to that. But, you know, I may decide tomorrow I don't really want that many meals. So I'll just fast straight through, you know, and my other days are, you know, one meal a day. One meal a day was my it was my jam. What happened, even though I started it, I started doing the modified last March. That was five two basically is what I did. So you were having a down day followed by an up day. Yes. Two of those a week. And the other days were one meal a day days. One meal a day. Okay. And how that happened, because it was it was COVID year. Okay. So when my planning period actually was was it started at one o'clock because we're on a four by four block. So I had the last period of the day was my planning. It started at one ten. Well, our kids had to lunch in the room with us and lunch was at like 12. Well, I did not want to eat with 30 kids staring back at me, sitting here at my desk and rushed through at 15 or 20 minutes anyway. So I just started, I'd break my fast with some peanut butter and crackers, banana, my protein bites that I make all the time, yogurt, cheese, nuts, whatever. I found something that worked for me. And then I would start, I would have my main meal when I got home because it's OMAD Jen's way. And I tell right. people that's OMAD Jen's way. It's still just one meal. Because, you know, a, a tre- Peanut butter and crackers is not a meal. No, it's not a meal. The way I, the way I, people would sometimes say, "What's a snack and what's a meal?" And the rule of thumb that I always would tell people this happened more so in the Facebook groups. I was like, if you went to your friend's house for dinner and that's what they served you, would you think that was dinner? Yeah. If the answer is no, then you just had a snack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's appetizer. Complicate yeah. it, right? Yeah. It's appetizery. It's snacky. Yeah. Yeah. And so that I really hit my groove last fall with one meal a day. And I lost a great deal during COVID and the shutdowns. When we when we went to spring break, March the 9th, I think, of 2020, we never came back. And what kept me going was, first of all, as I said, I felt so much better. I had all of this natural energy, plenty to do at home, you know, work in my yard. I love to work in my flower beds, clean out my closets, reorganize. And then we have our small business. Okay. So we own a a comic and collectible shop in a neighboring town and we had to shut the doors. So what we did, we had to really rev up our online stuff. And so it's me and my sister and our husbands. And we were just together all day, every day, working to keep the bills paid. And so I was I was busy and I felt good. And I did some of the best cooking I've ever done. You know, I made baklava for the first time. Oh, yeah. I made bread. Oh, yeah. We were doing all of that in 2020, no, weren't we? Yeah. And, and Irish people, soda bread. I was yeah. <laughs> and people are like, how did you not just quit and, and gain all this weight back? And I said, because I didn't want to feel that way anymore. Right. And it was in your eating window. You were having all of that baklava yes. in your eating window. And I can remember, you know, because if you've ever made baklava and it's very like, I have. time consuming. Yeah. And so, you know, you, I, I had to sit it on the table covered and, you know, let it soak overnight. And 
it was wonderful to just anticipate tasting that because I'd never made it before, but I love it. And it was, you know, I was proud of myself. I was proud of myself for this thing that I created and proud of myself that I waited to enjoy it. And then not only did I wait to enjoy it, I didn't eat the whole thing. You delayed and then you had just enough to enjoy it. Yes, because delay, don't deny is still my it is still my motto. I, to the right of me here, I'm sitting in my classroom and you can see, but to the right of me here is a little closet where I keep things. And I can't tell you how many times I've put a cupcake in a Ziploc bag. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, when people in the community bring snacks for teacher appreciation. And they do. And they do. <laughs> snacks on snacks. I might grab some I was some Cheez-Its or something I wanted and put them in my closet. And you know what? I looked this morning and I, there are so many packaged snacks still in there from like this past school year that I just forgot about. Forgot about. One time somebody gave me these amazing cupcakes from this really good cupcake place in town. And I took them home. And it was like the holidays. And I hid them. Because I didn't want anybody else to eat them. These were like window-worthy cupcakes. <laughs> so I hid them. Then I forgot I hid them. And I found them like months later. And I'm like, oh, I, I didn't eat those. Del- but I, I mean, who forgets about delicious cupcakes? That's. <laughs> but it is it is a mindset change. It is my obsession for food. It's not that it's gone. It's. I have an appreciation for food rather than an obsession for food. Yes. And somebody posted, I think it's Sylvia Martinez. I'm, I hope she listens to this later. I think it was her talking about how she realizes now it's almost like, and I think this, I don't think this is the way she put it. Food was like the only pastime she had. And now you realize you have time to do so many other things, to to create other things, to enjoy other things. Food was the only enjoyment she had, I think is how how it was put. And now there are so many other things that I enjoy besides just obsessing over food. And I enjoy foods that I didn't used to enjoy before. And we still enjoy food. Yes. We just don't enjoy it every waking moment. Yes. And instead we enjoy how good we feel. Yes. And eating the foods that make me feel good. And and I don't, of course, I'm like everybody else. I don't always eat foods that just make me feel good, but I've really kind of honed in on what those foods are. And, you know, I love all the healthy fats and I probably tend to overdo it even on the good things, you know, like my beloved avocado and, you know, my yeah, like your, your your favorite down day meal is avocado toast with egg, right? Yes. It's so good. It is so good. And who am I that after 20 hours of not eating, I'm going to, that's what I'm going to want to eat and not a gigantic, you know, Fried fish basket or... That doesn't even know. sound appealing. <laughs> no, no. If you tried to... Of course, I don't like fish. But if you tried to make me eat a fried anything basket, I'd be like, no. After no. on an empty stomach? No, yeah. I would feel terrible. It would no. make my stomach hurt. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. 
Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Yeah, Russia and I just got back, as I said, from our 25th anniversary trip to Panama City Beach and seafood, fried seafood everywhere. The first night we went out to eat, we went to one of our favorite places and we got the smoked tuna dip. And you can get the baskets of things, you know, which are smaller portions of things, which is all I need because after even 16 or 18 hours and having some tuna dip, I'm not going to be able to eat a big giant plate of food. I'm not going to want it anyway. And I just, I was satisfied when I got through with the tuna dip. I was full. I was satisfied. And we both said, we'll just, we'll order a main dish if we want it after we split this appetizer. And Rush wanted raw oysters. He loves them. I can't stand them. And he had six raw oysters. We split tuna dip. And I was full. I was satisfied. I was done. And he was like, you don't want to eat. You love fried shrimp. You love fried fish. And I said, if I were to eat that fried food right now, I'd be sick. Yeah. For the rest of the night. And yep. I don't want to feel bad. Yep. So I didn't need it. it it's really, you know, there. there's some things that are sad, like to me, like not being happy with like French fries at a restaurant anymore that make my stomach hurt. That's a little sad to me, but I, it's, I don't feel good when I eat them. So I don't eat them anymore. And sometimes I look at them like, man, I wish that that would be delicious and I'd feel good after I eating it, but it's not worth it. No. And you know, sometimes... I don't know, Rush or my, my son, McCoy, one of the two of them brought home some something from McDonald's a couple of weeks ago. And the fries, you know, it's the fries. <laughs> it was my eating window was open. So I reached in and I got three or four of them and I ate them. And I was fine with that, you know. I can eat McDonald's fries for whatever reason. McDonald's fries, they must do a better job cleaning their oil. But it's when you're in a restaurant where the oil gets old, like there's one of them down here at the beach and it's got great burgers and it's oceanfront. And I would love to eat there a lot and because it's just a beautiful view and I can walk to it from my house. But I can't eat their fries. I just can't. They don't have clean oil. And by that, I mean, none of the oil in these restaurants is like what I would call, you know, quote, clean, like, I mean, right. like good quality, no. but they, they don't change it enough or whatever. When it starts to get rancid, that my stomach can't handle it. So, yeah. And, you know, that's that's the other thing about intermittent fasting and, and food snobbery and people accuse us of being food snobs. <laughs> it's not that. It's just once you give your body that rest, that digestive rest, Things like, you know, vegetable oils and, you know, pizza bothers me really worse than pasta does. Really? I think it, like a cream pasta. If it's a cream pasta, tomato pastas will make me feel terrible. Really? Yeah. But something about the fat and the cream, 
and with the carb doesn't seem to bother me. But, you know, my body really knows what it likes. And that doesn't mean that I don't put stuff in it that I know it's not going to like or that it, you know, isn't is going to make me feel bad later. You know, I overindulged a couple of days while I was on my anniversary trip on things I wouldn't normally drink or eat. But I just got back home. And, well, as a matter of fact, on the ride home, I just I was right back into it, you know. Yeah. And I've come home and it, it's. It's just not hard. And I I don't know. There's a lot of inexplicable phenomenons behind intermittent fasting that are hard to explain to people, you know. Yeah, you have to live it. Yeah, you do, you do have to live it. And so when people ask me, like you said, you know, people are always like, I quit and, and I'm back and I'm and I, I can't. And I don't know if this is a fault of mine or not, but I can't wrap my head around quitting. I, I just can't. Well, I can't now. I look back at the me from 09 to 14 and the, all the quitting that I did, but that was because I thought about it the wrong way. I didn't think of it as a lifestyle, and I didn't ever get to the point where I felt better. But I really, you're right, have a hard time wrapping my mind around feeling better and then quitting because I, I feel like I would feel bad soon. Like, you know, when I've gone on a vacation, even where I've had like 12-hour windows or something, it doesn't take much of that for me to go, oh, I feel so terrible. And then it's it's easy. Now, I'm not going to say it's physically easy because after, you know, you've refilled those glycogen stores on a trip, like you probably were draggy for a few days when you got back home, right? Yes. You had to physically push through the uncomfortable because you knew that feeling better was on the other side. Yes. And I had a 20-hour a fast on the drive home, which is about six hours for us, but we stretched it out to about eight because we had some stops we had to make along the way. We ate at our favorite wing place and I had some wings and fried pickles. And I mean, I was I was done. I, that was literally like a sit down, 45 minute, one meal done day. And I had three more hours to drive home. I came home and I'm one of those people when I get home from vacation, I want everything to be put back. Me you know. too. Yeah. yeah. I try not to bring home dirty laundry even. And so I worked until probably 10 o'clock at night, getting everything kind of back in its place as much as possible. And then the very next day was a down day. The very next day was with the meal. I had the meal. And so I white knuckled it. But once I got to about 16 hours and I had my, I didn't have any topo that was cold. I had some Perrier. and I've got my topo right here. I Can know, you see I it? My topo it. Chico. Although I've it. only found it at one store and they only had one case of it and they've never had it since. So I'm a little nervous. Well, I have found two at my Walmart here in Fulton. Okay, Walmart. They didn't have it at the Walmart here. They just had it one day out of nowhere. And uh, I even... I took a picture of myself with it, put it in. I saw that picture. (laughs) And I found one case of it since. And so there are three or four other people in my group that we all fight each other for. We're like, hey, I got some topo at this place. I got some at this place. It's just so good. It is. I don't let anybody else have it. I hide it like I hid those cupcakes, but I don't forget about these. (laughs) It's the the burn. It's the fizz. It's just, yeah. I found it at Kroger one time. We have Kroger here. And so I'm it's, just going to have to keep looking. Yeah. Or uh, order it by the case full from somewhere, maybe. I don't know I don't if you know. can. I might have to do it. Well, I don't know because it's glass. But yeah, I white knuckled it that one day and then I was fine. And I'm back to my, today's an update for me. 
yesterday I had the I had the mini meal at like 25 and a half hours. Today's an up day. And I have not, I usually try to open my window on an up day by 10, but I knew we were talking and I didn't want it to be mentally sharp. I want to be mentally sharp. So I'll, I'll break it here in a little bit and I'll probably have a seven or eight hour. Yeah. You want to have the rule of thumb because we didn't really get into this before when we were talking about the up day. The up day needs to be at least six to eight hours, error on the side of eight to 12. Because, you know, what people will do, I don't know if I've ever even really gone into this on the podcast, so it's important to say it. What people will do is they think that more is better. So they'll be like, well, I will wait to open my window until 1 p.m. on the up day. And then they'll be like, well, I ate a meal at 1 p.m. and then I was never hungry the whole rest of the day. And then they'll like, sometimes they'll say to me, and you've taught me not to eat when I'm not hungry. So what do I, what am I supposed yeah. to do? Like, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, no, yeah. <laughs> don't pull that with me. You got to open earlier. Yes, you've got, yeah, I don't want you to force yourself to eat if you're not hungry, but you have to open early on an up day. Have breakfast. If you can't, open early enough and be hungry enough for at least two meals. I forbid you from doing alternate daily fasting, but you just can't. P- people can if they open early enough. They'll be hungry, but if you just need more time. Yes, and especially on a true longer fast. I can remember one day I was at like 44 hours, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I could do this for days. Right. You no, know, you just feel euphoric. And I thought, and I, I mean, I had to make myself, you know, I had to make myself stop. By that time, it was about 10 a.m. And I had to make myself ease in with a little bit of something. And then you allow your hunger to build. You know, your body starts sending those hunger signals out. But it takes time. It does take time. And it's not for everybody. And that's something else that Laurie taught me, that it's not for everybody. Because, you know, I'm... I'm a teacher. It's in my nature to disseminate information that I I know. Yes. But it's not for, it's not for everybody. And so a little bit of a love pat from her and a little bit of listening to you again and a little bit of the podcasts and a little bit of rereading the chapters. I know how to do it now. It's just like, it's my favorite thing in the world. It really is. I'm glad. I'm glad that it's your jam. And for anybody who's feeling scared to try it, don't be. Because, you know, what's the worst thing that could happen? The worst thing that could happen is you could say, I'm going to try it, and then you need to eat a meal. Okay, no big deal. You were going to eat a meal anyway if you weren't trying it. Or you have a 500-calorie meal, and you're like, that didn't work for me. Now I need to eat a whole lot more because you can't stop at 500. Okay, no big deal again. Or, you know, you don't like the full fat. No big deal. But you have to try it and see. Nothing bad's going to happen to you. Yeah, that's the only way you'll know is if you, I I think I told somebody that yesterday. The only way you'll know is if you try it. Yeah, and you might be like, man, that was nothing. Why did I worry about it so much? But again, you're not like signing your name in blood. There's no, No, no. (laughs) there's no penalty. Oh, I'm sorry. You're forbidden from ever fasting again. No. Diet brain has taught us though, Jen, that if we if we don't stick to this prescribed thing, whatever it is, that we're gonna fail. And so for a lot of people it's you know, it's a self-esteem, right. it's a big blow to their self-esteem. And you have to talk people off of a ledge about that a lot. And if it's not for you, it's okay. There's something that is for you and it is working. Right. 
It is working. It does work. And some people also get upset about fasting hours. Like they might say, my goal today was 20, but I only made it 19 and a half and I caved. I'm like, stop. I know. Stop. <laughs> 19 and a half is amazing. And then you listen yes. to your body. Yes. Right? That's when you have to use teacher voice. Well, I do pull out my teacher voice. <laughs> well, if you look at it in the context of 19 and a half hours out of 24 That's hours, amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. And that's why I keep using my app. Is because I like I like to see, and I know all of the. Oh, you're in heavy fat burning. Oh, you're in autophagy. Yeah, that's all, all just that's a all, all estimation, right? But what doesn't change is that it shows me how many hours fasted, and so I I love to see out of how many hours there have been since January the sixth of 2020, I have been fasted this many hours. I have allowed my body that much time to rest and to heal. And that's just, it's phenomenal to me. I i know we're winding down. I am the poster child for how intermittent fasting works on the outside, how it works on the inside, and how it is working even when you don't think or feel yeah, that it's it working. It never stops working. It never it's stops. It's working. It's doing something yeah. in there that's good for your body. I don't know how much worse off I would be if I weren't. Exactly. So we are really almost out of time. So in like one minute or less, what would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? The answer is the same for both. And it's what I tell people all the time. Hang in there. Yeah. I say it all the time. Hang in there. You just have to give it. You have to give it time. You have to hang in there. I wish I had known that too, because I I went through a spell where I got a little impatient when the scale wasn't moving. But the other thing is pictures and pants do not lie. Yeah. But the scale does. Yeah. You cannot trust it. You cannot, because I have watched myself slowly shrink, even when the scale was up a little bit, slowly shrink. And I just have hung in there. Through all of the trauma that my body has been through, I'm still hanging in there and I will always hang in there. Just stop stopping. Just stop stopping. Just stop stopping. You have to stop stopping. Right. Because when you ask, is intermittent fasting working? That could mean several different things. It is working. You just have to hang in there. Exactly. Well, it has been so much fun to talk to you today, Amy Jo, and I can't wait to see what happens going forward. Me too, and I'm coming to your beach house. I, I don't wait. know. You're gonna, I can't wait. We're definitely going to have some kind of an event here maybe next summer. Yeah, a beach shindig. I think so. I hope so. And God willing, I'll be there. And oh, I'm you'll so be here. thankful. I'm thankful. We can't have it without you. No. <laughs> you really did. You changed your book and you and your willingness to just be here changed everything about my life. And I'm very grateful. Thank you. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on.
Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. I feel like I was blindsided. Because it's a competition show. From the producers of Jury Duty and The Bachelor. We have scoured the earth for the 14 greatest reality contestants that were available during our production window. Comes a reality competition show about reality competition shows. Nobody has dared to find out who is the actual best at just being on a reality show. I'm your host, comedian Daniel Tosh. Is winner go home. Each episode, our contestants will face new challenges that will test their strength and lack of life skills for a chance to win two hundred million dollars. $200,000. Prepare, because it's about to be ugly crying. Lots of fighting. Tasha, I have to defend myself. Celebrating 25 years of reality TV with your favorites. I have diarrhea. You cannot do this to me. What in gay hell have I got myself into? The Goat, premiering on Freebie and Prime Video on May 9th. 